Jewish audio on Chabad.org. We are learning about the We left off on Zayin Amid Beis, 12 lines before the bottom of the Amid, by the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, continuing regarding a robber who stole land, and while it was under the robber's possession, so to say, Shatafanar. A river inundated, flooded, and ruined the field. So Omar Loi, the robber, is, could return the field to its rightful owner, and he can tell him, Here, this is yours, take it. He is not obligated to compensate for the loss that took place to the field while the robber had it. And why is that? Because karka enon exelos, meaning that really the land was constantly under the dominium, under the ownership of its rightful owner. And when the field got flooded, it was the owner's field that got flooded, flooded, and therefore he's not chayiv to compensate. And on this, the Gemara is going to bring a b'raisa, and here we're going to learn that this is really actually a machlaikis tanoim, whether karka is nixelis or ain't nixelis. we learn ten b'raisa. If a person robbed the field from his friend, from his fellow, and a river inundated it, says the Tanakama here, which is according to the Digduke Seifrim, it's the opinion of Rabbi Eli Ezer, that chayiv lahamud leisoda acher divrei Rabbi that the robber has to pay back the owner with another field that has the same value of the field that he robbed as it was worth while he robbed it and not later after it was inundated. In other words, he's going to hold that karka nixelis. And just like any time a person robs something, he has to give him back its value kshas akzela. Here also he has to give him back the field with its value kshas akzela. Big discussion here amongst the Rishonim. Why does that say? Very good. Which is a ton of our Mishnah predicated based on the rule that Karke and Nixelas. So if he never took anything, it was always under the possession of the owner, and it was the owner's bad mazel, so to say, that was affected by the field getting flooded. But Michael Miflegin. What is the base of this machlaikis? So here we get the opportunity to review that whenever the Torah presents a din through the system of klal pratu klal, by the Torah first generalizing, then specifying, and then by the generalizing, there's a two-way approach how to word this type of system. And it's not just a question and how to word it, but the conclusion will be very different. If we're going to use the term that we are more familiar with from the Rabbi Shmuel before davening, klal pratu klal, Klal is a generalization. The Prat fully defines the Klal, which is why if it's just a Klal and a Prat, ein b'chlal prat. It fully defined the Klal. If the Torah then gives another Klal, it takes it to a higher step. It adds to the Prat, but it's going to be at the end, the end result will be something more limited. If you're going to use the term of ribui. Mute and ibui, which is amplification, limitation, and amplification in English. When you have a ribui and then a mute, the mute doesn't fully limit the amplification. It only defines it a little bit. And therefore, when you have vited the latter ribui, it brings it back to the general amplification. I, there was a mute. The mute is only going to limit the rule in one area. You're going to have at the end a much broader application with the rule and much less of a limitation. 
So therefore, Rabbi Liezer says the Gemara is Dorash Ribui Umiyutei. And here we're going to the Parsha at the end of Parsha's Vayikra, where the Torah is actually speaking about the Asham Gezelois. But there is where we have the Pasik Veheshev Esagzelashir Gazal, the obligation to return something that was robbed. So the Torah begins with a very, let's use the words Ribui, with, amplifi- with an amplification. It says, One will lie to his fellow, that's Ribui, lying regarding any type of monetary robbery. Then the Torah specifies Pikada. That's a meat. And then the Torah goes on as the Bach inserts Oi, Mikoil, Asher, Yeshava, all of Lashekir regarding any type of lie not to deny a monetary obligation. And the rule is going to be Riba, Umiyat, Riba, Riba, Hakoil. You end up with an inclusion, with a very broad inclusion. Eloma, Riba, Kalmili, Ma, Miat, what is excluded? What does not have to be returned? Now, obviously, if you don't have to return something, of course you have to return something. Not having to return means that halachically it was never stolen. It was always under the possession of the original owner, miyot And being a shtad doesn't have any intrinsic value. Unlike all of the examples the Torah gives regarding money, regarding vessels, regarding donkeys and oxen, v'chulei. So the only thing that does not have to be returned is shtarais. But according to Rabbi Yezid, karka has to be returned, which means karka halachically is stolen, which is why if the karka during that period of it being robbed got ruined, then the robber has to give back, as the Mishnah says, or I'm sorry, as the... Um, as Rabbi Eliezer says in the Braisa, Chayv Lahamad Loisa the Acher. Rabbanan, Rabbanan learned this Limud through the system of Klal or Prato Klal, generalization, specification, and generalization. That Rabbanan Dorshi Klali Prativi Kichesh is Klal. Pikadin is Prat. Oy Mikoil is Vaitir Klal. And the end will not be everything is included. Everything is, uh, but here, Klal, Klal or Prato Klal. E Atadan Elakena Prat. At the end, we will still limit the generalization to it being similar to the specifications. Mahaprat is Dover Hamatal, it's something that's movable. The Gufei and it has intrinsic value. Afkol, notes he's adding Dover Hamatal, the Gufei And according to the Chachamim, that excludes Karkois, Shein Metaltal, and that cannot be stolen which is relevant to our Machlekes and the Braise. Also, Yatsu Avadim, Shehuk Shulekarkois, and also Yatsu Shtarois, Afapita Dermatautl, and Ingu Fulmamim. Bottom line is, since Karka ate an Exelas, he can tell him, Anishol Cholofanecha, asks the Gemara, if that's the way you explain the Machlekes and this Braise, well, how then will you explain the following Braise? For Hadetanya, Hagoiz Alasaparo, if a person robs a cow, and we are going to see in a moment, the cow was robbed together with the field, but let's focus on the cow. And it was swept away by a river. You have to uh, replace the cow. These are the words of Rabbi Eliezer. This is going to be very important, Danny, to your question. Because here also, the Braise doesn't say you have to compensate with the value of the cow. Here we're learning up Sanai. You think that you have to mamish give back something equal to. You, you rob the cow. Okay, you don't have this one. Give back another one. So ask the Gemara, over the year we're speaking about a movable. So Rav Papa says that Machlekes is an outgrowth of this Machlekes. What was robbed was really a piece of field, a land. However, there was a cow laying on it. And as Rashi says, 
The issue here, very interestingly, is the, is the, the halacha is based on the rule of King and Agav. We learned that in Kedushin. Now, King and Agav, as we learned in Kedushin, does not demand for the metaltalin to be on top of the karka. That was a question in the Gemara. And we concluded that even if it's not on the field, if, if one, if Reuven is selling to Shimon a field and any movable item, and he articulates, you make a Kenyan on the field, and Agav the field, Agav the Karka, I want you to acquire whatever the Metaltalin is. It works. Over here, you don't have the gifter, the original owner, is not involved. Here, sadly, we're speaking about a robbery. By a robbery, says the Ksois, everyone holds that the Metaltalin has to be taka on the Karka for King and Agav to work. So here, if you're going to hold like the Chachamim, that Karka ain't an exelus. So then the robber never robbed the cow. He never touched the cow. And therefore, Vaitir, if the cow got swept away in a flood, he tells the owner, Hareshel Chalafanecha was never mine. But according to Rabbi Yezad, that holds Karke Yesnigzelis and Agav Karka, therefore he stole the cow, so he has to give back the cow. And therefore, Shtafanar, the Rabbi Yezad, the Taime, the Rabbanan, the Tamaihu, Gavaldik. Moving on to the next mission. Hagoizel. As Chaveroi, if one robbed his fellow, Oi Shehilva Himenu, or one borrowed from his fellow, Oi Shehivket Etzloi, one is a Shoimer, the fellow is the Mafkid, we're speaking about the one who has something that is not his, who he has to return it, whether because he's doing Tshuva, the Heshev Esakzela, whether he's paying back a loan, whether he's returning an article upon which he is a custodian. Says the Mishnah, Bayishuv, he has to return it in a settled area. And not, but he's not allowed to return it in an unsafe area. Let's read the Rashi in the Mishnah. Says Rashi, the Mishnah is speaking about a case, important. The owner is not demanding it in the Midbar. Here, this person now wants to return it. So the Mishnah says, the owner can tell the, whoever, the, the, the gazlan, the, the, the borrower, the shoimer, don't give it to me here, because if you give it to me here, I might have it lost from me, I might have it stolen from me, it's not safe. You're not off the hook if you give it back to me here. Give it back to me in a yishuv, in a settled place. However, says the Mishnah, what appears to be pshita, if while this person received it, Obviously, we're not speaking about the robber. He didn't exactly receive it. He took it. But the borrower, let's say, when he borrowed the money, told him, Al-Minas, what says Bamidbar? That I should have the right to give it back to you, even in a desert. Well, if that's what he said, then Yachsalei Bamidbar. And the Gemara is going to ask, Nupshit, of course, if that is what they agreed upon, why not? Let's get into the Gemara. So first, the Gemara begins on the first case of the Mishnah. Not where the Al-Minas happened. You cannot return something in an unsafe area. We have a contradiction. Recording of Raisa. Milva Clear. A loan can be repaid anywhere. It's only a Aveda if someone found a lost article. Right? He becomes like a Shemir. Right? Or if someone is an outright Shemir, there is where we say, and then Amban explains what will be the difference. He says, beautiful. He says that a milva, as we keep on learning, which means if you lend me money, 
The money that I have is mine. I have the right to take it wherever I want. So I have the right to take it to the desert. However, when it comes to an Aved or Pekadon, if I am a custodian, I don't have the right to take something that's not mine into an unsafe area to begin with. So how can I give it back in the Midbar if I don't even have the right to take it to the Midbar? So the key is not on that the recipient can kind of, oh, I'm afraid that after you give it to me, it's going to be taken away from me. Don't give it to me here. The issue is, how did the one who's returning it have the right even to bring it there? And that is where this Braisa differentiates. Bottom line is, our Mishnah does not differentiate between a Milva and a uh, Pekadin. And the Braisa does, Amr Abai answers, Abai Yehachi Kamar, Milva Nitna Litava Bikal Here, we're not speaking about the borrower's right to return it. We're speaking about the lender's right to demand it. Now, yes, when a lender lends someone money, look at the irony, because at the end of the day, a lender did a toiva which you don't, he did a favor. So we give him, so to say, the upper hand. You get that? If I ask you to guard something of me, I'm not doing you a favor. Even by Yashem Ersachet. By Yashem Erchidim, you're doing me the favor. When I'm giving you a loan, I'm doing you a favor. So if I'm doing you a favor, so the Chazal gave me the right of being inconsistent. Meaning, if you want to pay it back to me where it's unsafe, I have the right to tell you, hold on a second, I don't want to take it here. But if I want it, then I have the right to demand it of you. Now, it's a Chiddush, because you can say, if you're the borrower, you can tell me, one second, how can I return it to you? I have to bring it into the desert, it's not safe. Maybe before I'll return it, it'll be stolen from me. You don't have such a right. So that's the Chiddush. That Milva, since... So don't confuse the right of the... That's what we learned the Rashi in the Mishnah. There is the lender's right to demand return. There is the Mafkid's right to demand return. And our, which is what the focus of the Braisa, our Mishnah is speaking about a scenario where he was not asking for it to be returned anywhere. Question is, can the borrower return it? Question is, can the Shaymer return it? Dear, our Mishnah says, in all scenarios, you cannot return it in an unsafe area. However, if Almanas Lot says, Midbar, then he can return it in the Midbar, asks the Gemara Pshita, if that's what they made up. So it must be like, that's Sricha, the case is needed, the Amalein, that the depositor, the Mafkit, tells the Shomer, Hi, Pikadon Gaboch. Do me a favor. Why don't you watch this article? Because the Anola Midbar Nefikna, I'm going to the desert. And the Amr Le'ihu, to which the Shomer replies, Anola Midbar Nami Be'ina Lamefak, I also plan to go to the desert. He never said, I'm going to the desert with this item to return it to you. He let him know that he's going to the desert. So the Chiddush of our Mishnah is, it's as if he tells him, why did he have to share, I'm also going to the desert? It's as if he told him, that if I would like to return it to you there, then I should be allowed to return it, even though he didn't say those words. But that's what he meant. Next Mishnah. If one tells his fellow, meaning I stole from you, the Mishnah is not saying what the other side is saying. We'll get to that in the Gemara. Or, one person tells the other, Hilvisani, meaning you lent me. I'm admitting that I owe you something. Either I stole from you, God forbid, or you lent me money, or Hifkadeta Etzli, you, you are the mafket, I'm the shamer. you deposited something with me. And then I add, however, I don't remember, I don't remember if I give it back to you. 
I am admitting that there was some sort of debt. And now, says the Mishnah, I am obligated to return. Now, what the other party is saying is definitely a key component that the Rabbeinu HaKadosh wanted to wake us up. The Gemara is going to speak about it. What is the other party saying? That's important. However, says the Mishnah, if I say, I don't remember if I stole from you or not. I am questioning the source of the debt. I don't know if I borrowed money from you. I don't remember if I am a custodian of yours. So then, I am says the Gemara Itna we learned. And we had this din many times together. That if one side says, Mana libiyotcha means my money is with you. It means you owe me. Reuven tells Shimon, you owe me. Vahala oimer and Shimon, the other one says, I don't know. Buddy Vishema. On the other hand, Shimon has cheskas mamayim. Which one will overweigh the other? Machlekes amiroyim. Rafuna and Rabbi Yehuda on one side say, Chayiv, that person has to pay. Rav Nachman and Rabbi Yehuda on the other side say, Potter. Nasdig Mar explains, Rafuna and Rabbi Yehuda says, Chayiv, because Buddy Vishema, Buddy Yadav. Simple. And let's not forget that when we had this, I think, in Kedushin, there was a strong body, there's a weak body, there's a strong Shema. Oh, this is a whole Simchas Torah. But just general concept. Even though Shimon is, has the Chazaka, but he's only saying Shema. So they hold that body Vishema overweighs the Chazaka. Rav Nachman and Rabbi Yechenen say, Potter, very important Rashi, that Potter means because of you go after Cheskas Mamein, but Rashi says, I'm reading inside, Pateru Miu Yeshava. They don't have to pay, but they have to swear that they don't remember. And Rashi says, Gavaldik, that he cannot be better than body of your body. What, what's the then of body of your body? If I tell you, you owe me money, I lent you money, and you say, no, no, it never happened. The then is you have to swear that it never happened. So a Shema cannot be better than a body. But he's making a Shvuas that what he's saying is true, which is that he does not remember. But he doesn't have to pay back, because Ches Kasmamayin is stronger than Bari Vishem. Very good. Good. That's a typical classical Machloikas. Yeah, say Amitzvah Yerovah Alayah. They say Amitzvah Yerovah Alayah. says, Amitzvah Yerovah is by Bari Vibari. Or by Shem Vishem. But you can have over here Bari Vishem or Bari Yadif. That guy is saying, I don't know. The other party says, well, I do know. Good. So now the question is against Rafun and Rav Yehuda from our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, now we're beginning with the Sefer of the Mishnah. Aval im If the side that might owe money never remembers if there was ever a, doubt, a debt, I don't remember if you lent me money. Let's go just to that one example. And the Mishnah says Potter. So now the Gemara is going to say one second. What is the other side saying? Hey, with buddy, if the other side is not saying, you owe me money, to which I say, if that is the case, we want to make our Mishnah consistent. So the Reish of the Mishnah is also, says the Gemara, so what's the case of the Reisha? That Reuven and Shimon, Reuven doesn't know whether Shimon owes the money. And Shimon says, I owed you money, but I might have paid it back. And the Mishnah says on that, that you're chayiv. That doesn't make sense, because if it's a Shema V'Shema, meaning the other side says, I don't know. Shimon says, I also don't know. I know that I owed you in the past, but maybe I paid you back. If there's a Shema V'Shema, you would have to say, Cheskas Momen. 
Why would the Mishnah say you're chayiv? The only way you can explain the Reisha, it must be because the other side is saying a buddy. El Kotavale. Now, that makes more sense. So, buddy, I lent you money. The other side says, yes, you did. Yes, you did. But maybe I paid you back. Ah, buddy, who buddy, that there was a debt. Only Shema, whether he paid it back, that's why you chayiv. But if the Reisha is by buddy, Seifanami, is also that the other side has buddy. So the Sefer of the Mishnah is mamish the case of the Machleka Samarai, upon which the Mishnah says, Patin Meloshalem, like Rav Nachman, like Rav Yechnon, Kash against Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. Answers the Gemara Lohi, our Mishnah, according to them, must be that the other side is not demanding anything. To like Kotavalei, the other side has a doubt, but the other side does not have time his body. I, it says in the Reish Chayiv, and our question was, think about it, Shema Shema. And Cheskas Mamain, why would he have to pay? So now we're going to learn a new din. And people, we never learned this before. At Khan and Bava Kama, we had Chayiv Bidei Adam. We had Chayiv Bidei Shamayim. Think about these words. Chayiv Bidei Shamayim means that a human court, let's speak about Grama. Let's go with a general approach. Grama bin Ezak and Patim bin Adam, Chayiv Bidei Shamayim. Let's not forget, Chayiv Bidei Shamayim only means that a base din cannot force me to pay. But I am chayiv to pay. Chayiv means I have to pay. A human court, a Jewish court, cannot force me. Now we're going to learn about another concept. It's called Lotzei Slidei Shamayim. Lotzei Slidei Shamayim means Amat Chayiv B'Adam, Amat Chayiv B'Din Shamayim, Shemba V'Shema, and I have a Cheskas Mamayim. But if a person wants to behave that's the meaning of then he can give it back. And now it works. However, since I am admitting that there for sure was a debt, if I want to behave like a chassid, then I should, I, it's on me to give back. And that was clearly learned. If a person tells the other, you owe me money. And another one says, clear, you owe me. And that one says, I don't know. Now, what does Rabbi Yechanan hold in a case of body v'shema, but the shema has a cheskas mamayin? Rabbi Yechanan holds the one who has cheskas mamayin, wins. He's patr milashalim. Even Rabbi Yechanan holds chay bevolot was the Gemara is proving from Rabbi Yechanan, not in our case. But in the cases where Rabbi Yechanan holds your patid, there is a concept, you're patid. But if you want to go beyond the letter of the law, you want to be lotzei sladei shamayim, then pay back. That's exactly how Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda will learn the pshat in the Resha of the Mishnah. Next case. This is going to be such an important sugya. If a person, God forbid, steals a lamb from a herd, from a flock, from his fellow, and he gave it back, Now, we have to remember the following. When a ganav takes something, even if there was no yush, even if the ganav did not acquire it, but as far as the obligation of, if anything happens to this article, the Ganaf is responsible for, this happens from the moment a person steals something, from the moment a person robs something. If I took something that's not mine, it's called Amchayiv Bachrais. I have to, uh, I'm responsible. Meaning, if something happened to it, I have to pay up for it. Once I returned it, I'm no longer Chayiv Bachrais. So the question is, what type of returning is halachically considered a proper return? 
What happens if I steal something from you and I returned it, but let's say I didn't notify you that I returned it, but I returned it, and after I returned it, it died or it got stolen by someone else. So the Mishnah says that if I did not notify you, I am still Chayyab Bachrayis. Let's read inside the first Rashi in the Mishnah. Chay b'achri, you say the mechi ganva, from the moment that I stole it, come lay say, it's considered mine, meaning um, I have to compensate if something happens to it. And v'hashava avad, the fact that I physically put it back in your herd, lavashava it's not considered returned. until I let you know. So the, the returning has to do with the owner knowing that it was returned, a lot more in the Gemara. However, says the Mishnah, and we're going to see there are four ways of learning this mission. There are the four opinions that I'm going Let's learn now. If the owners never even knew that it was stolen, they don't know that it was stolen. And then the Ganaf returned it and they don't know that it was returned. But they never knew it was stolen. Here, and the Mishnah adds, the owner counted the earth in the morning. There were, there were 20 shepsalach, there were 20 sheep. And he counted it in the evening. And there were 20 sheep. In the middle of the day, someone took one and he put it back. But the owner now knows that whatever I had, I still have. Then it's considered returned. And if something happens now, the, the first ganif is exempt. Now, what are the options here? Let's see in the Gemara, a four-way machlekes amirayim. It's very easy. Amarav says rav, like this. Here are the keys, here are the criteriums. If it was stolen with the owner's awareness, no, the owner knew that it was stolen, then, says Raf then when the Ganaf returns it, it's not even enough for the owner to count, to do the minion and to see that it's there. The, you have to tell the owner, I put it back. Why explain to the Shainim? Because if the, Ghanif, if the owner knew I had 10 and now I had 9, he knows that one was stolen. Even if he counts it at the end of the day and he sees 10, he doesn't know for sure that the one that was stolen was the one that was returned. The owner might think, you know what, why there's 10? Another sheep from the wild, another sheep from who knows whom, wandered into my herd. He doesn't know that this one that was his is now back. And therefore, here's the key. The point is, if something happens to that one, who is Chayv Achrayis? Raf says that until you let the owner know that I returned it, the Ganif is Chayv and Achrayis. However, says Rav, Shuloy Ladas, if the owner was never aware that it was taken, so then the Ganif has to return it, even that is not enough. It's not that you returned it, you're off the hook. He never knew. Doesn't matter. You have to have Umminyan. If the owner counted it at the end of the day, or any time during the day, and he has now the same number as he had before the Geneva, so now it's considered returned. In other words, without counting it, even Rab, Rab will hold, since the Ganav took it, Mishas is returning it needs at least for the owner to know specifically that it's here in the herd. That's the standard. If he counts it, the, the, if, it's if it's there and the owner counted it, and then something happened, the Ganaf al Pihalacha doesn't have to compensate. Pshita. No, it's not Pshita, because Mishasa Geneva, if I'm the Ganav, God forbid, if I steal something, I'm Chayv Bachrayis. Here we're speaking about a Ganav that did Shuba, but he didn't notify the owner. So someone that stole it, 
Ladas. Think about it. According to Rabbi, he stole Ladas. He brings it back. If he doesn't specifically tell him that he returned it, it's not returned. It's not called return, meaning if something happens to it, he's chayvach Even if the owner in the, in the beginning of the day knew he had ten sheep. It was stolen, Ladas. He knew he had nine. At the end of the day, he sees there are ten. It's not called returned. Because there's a possibility that the owner, the owner might be thinking, the one that was stolen is not here. Another one came. That other one doesn't belong to me. Soon the owner will claim that one. He doesn't know he has it back. So Ladas, he needs Das. Shuloi Ladas, he needs Minyan. Let's go right. Okay, That's, so when is that kind of standing? Like, like, let's say Until he counts. Again, Ladas, he has to be notified. Shuloi Ladas, Minyan. When, that, when these two things happen now, says Oibazoi, says the Gemara, Tani, when it says in our Mishnah that Umanu it only refers to the case of the Seifa, according to Rav. It was that Minyan works in the Mishnah only when it was stolen, Shaloi Ladas. Because if it was stolen, Ladas, you have to have notification. Opinion number one. Opinion number two is Shmuel. Shmuel says, Bain Ladas, Bain Shaloi Ladas, Minyan Poiter. If the owner counted the sheep and now he has the right number, that's considered returned. However, and therefore, no difference. He knew, he didn't know. Returning is always accomplished when the owner counts the sheep. A lot more lenient. says like this, you have to have minion. Rabbi Yechman takes it a step more lenient. Everyone has their own, it makes sense. You can understand each one. The owner never knew it was taken. Here, when the Ganef returns it, the owner not only does not need to be notified, the owner doesn't even have to count it. Because, you can, that's, I think that's what you were saying. He never knew it was stolen. Now he put it back. It's good. Shalom al Yisrael. Now, if that's the case, so then in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, that he needed to count, according to Rabbi Yechman, it only goes on the Reisha. You don't even need Minyan. Our mission that says that after he counted it, you go off the hook. That's because it's referring to the case where he knew it was stolen. And now we have Rabchizda that says something which is amazing. You're going to say it's counterintuitive. It says Rabchizda like this. Lodas, if the owner knew that it was stolen and the Ganav put it back, the Ganav didn't own up, he didn't have the guts to tell the owner, I put it back. But at least if he counted it, pointed. However, Shalai Lodas, if someone steals a animal from a herd and the owner never knew it was taken their minion will not be enough how much the opposite if he never knew what was stolen then you have to notify him you put it back we'll give a reason for that in a moment then sarich das and counting is not enough and therefore when our Mishnah says it's only on the Reisha which there was das in the Seifa you have to return it even better says Omar Rava my Tama did Abchizda turning to the Afkuf Yud Chesam And by the way, the Rajba says that the fact that Rava here is explaining Abchizda implies that the Paskins like him, which is why we're going to challenge Rava, really challenging Abchizda. It doesn't make sense, Rashi says. The Hashava should be easier. So he's the same as Rabbi Yechon, just the opposite of Just the opposite. Well, not, yeah, but, but, but that's Mamish like. Why? You can say he never knew what was taken. He never knew what's back is good. Says him very simple. It's a, which means that a stolen animal requires better protection. Why? Because he got her into the habit 
He got her into the habit of of going outside. Once an animal was taken outside the herd, what's the protection of animals? Why is one shepherd good for a thousand sheep? Because animals stick together, especially lambs. Once an animal was stolen, it got used to going outside. So now for it not to wander off by itself, it needs additional protection. So it's not enough that you give it back. You trained, you gave the animal a bad habit. At least notify the owner, this animal has to be specially guarded. And if you didn't tell him that, then if he gets lost later, who's responsible for that? The Ganafis. Gavaldik. So ask the Gemara, Mi Amar Rav Hachi means, again, since Rav explained Rav Chizda, we're understanding that Rav Paskins like Rav Chizda. For how Amar Rav Rav says, If an owner of a herd of sheep sees someone else picking up one shepsel, the guy who picked it up wanted to steal it. And Viroma Beikola, and the owner began to shout, and Vishadiei, and the Ganef dropped it. Now the owner never saw what happened at the end. When he dropped it, did he drop it and did the sheep come back? Or did he drop it and the sheep went with the ganif? The owner knows who the potential ganif is. He even has a doubt. Maybe he actually took it with him. And then that animal got died, died or got lost, got stolen. So the din is that that lifter it's chayif to compensate, and the Gemara says, my love, Rava's case, is afalgav the money. Is even if the owner counted the sheep and found all the sheep to be there, if Rava's going to hold the Rav what does Rav Chizda hold leniently? That if he knew it was stolen, and then he counted it, that's enough, so why wouldn't it be enough? Why is the Ganav still chayif? He saw him stealing it, he yada that it was stolen, and now you have minion. And, and Rabbi Chizda has that opinion that Yoda and Minyan is enough. Answers the Gemara, no. That the case of Rava was the Leimane. Well, if he would have counted it, the, the lay, I'm sorry, the Leimane. If he would have counted it, it would have been enough. Because he knew that it was stolen. That's Rabbi Chizda. Okay. Says the Gemara, me, Omar Rav, Hachi. Now we're questioning Rav. And what was Rav Din? That was the most stringent one on the Ganav. Yoda, Minyan is not enough. You got to notify him. Lo Yoda, you need Minyan. If a Ganif stole a herd and he returned it while it was in the desert, meaning the owner was not there, he was Yaitza. Look what Rav is saying. Rav is saying you don't have to count it. You certainly don't have to notify. The most lenient opinion. That Rav, Rav is says Rashi, when you have a spotted lamb, now let's hold up. When a person has a unique animal that sticks out, when it's taken, the owner will always know. That's number one. Because he'll notice the spotted one is not there. And more than that, when it's returned, the owner will know that it's returned. And therefore, when we spoke out Rav, we explained, why isn't counting enough, according to Rav, when it was stolen Lodas? Because the owner, even if he counts the right number, doesn't know for sure that the stolen one is returned. Because he thinks, maybe the stolen one is still stolen. Why do I have the right number? Another animal wandered into my group. And that owner is going to take it back. But if he had a unique animal, a spotted animal, then Itaka knows it was returned. 
So here you don't have to have any notification, and that's the only case where he said that if you put it back even by Midbar, you're Yoitza. Now says the Gemara Limika Tanoi, perhaps this four way Machlaikis Amoiroim is really Machlaikis Tanoim, like we learn in Abraisa, Hagoinif Tlemin Ho'edir, if a person steals a lamb from a herd, or if a person steals a coin from someone else's purse, from someone else's wallet, the Solomon Akis says the Tanakama, says that Abi Yishmal, Lamakim Shaganaf Yachsid, simply. Put it back where you took it from. Meaning you don't even have to notify. Put it back. Now Bakiva says, The owner has to know. End of Braisa. Says the Gemara that Savrua, the people in the yeshiva that were suggesting from this Braisa that this is a machlekes, Tanoim, they held like this. The Kula Almi, everyone holds. Isla hold Rabbi Yitzchak. All of these Tanoim hold of that which Rabbi Yitzchak taught us. Rabbi Yitzchak is an Amaira. They hold of Rabbi Yitzchak. Means, you know, the, the Sfara was already known to them. Adam, the first white line, a person is constantly going through his wallet, counting the money. Meaning, a person, therefore, the person is always looking at his wallet and the money. When something is stolen, we're going to the case of the seller, he will know that it's stolen. There'll be Yada. Not only will there be Yada, but he'll be aware of it when it was returned. So hold on a second. If you knew that it was stolen, and you know that it was returned. So why would Rabbi Shmuel say you have to notify the owners? Who will that be like? Who's the only opinion that says that even when the owner knows it was returned, not enough. Rav, very good. So my love, Bisela Lodas. The Sela is the case of Sela that he knows that it was stolen. And the Machlek looked at the Rav Shmuel. And by the way, it's not just Rav and Shmuel. It's going to mean that Rabbi Shmuel, who says you don't have to notify the owner, just return it. He, he holds not only like Shmuel, right? He holds like Shmuel, think about it. He holds like Rabbi Echanan, and he holds like Rabbi Chizda. Correct? Because even Rabbi Chizda, Danny, Ladas, you don't have to notify him. Minyan. There's Minyan when it was returned. However, Rabbi Kiva, that's the point, can only hold like Rav. Rav can only go according to Rabbi Kiva. Why, wouldn't, why, do, why do you have to notify the owner? If a person is Mamashmish, Bikisi, Bichol Shah, he knows it was returned. He knows it was stolen, he knows it was returned. Elama. Once there was Das on Geneva, Raf says, Tzorech that's Rabbi Kiva. And, and, continues the Gemara, and Ubitlem, we're going to k- skip the law in parentheses, Shuloi Das. Let's learn Pshat in the Braise, that the case of Tle was, the owner never knew that it was stolen. Now, if the owner never knew that it was stolen, why would, Rabbi, why would Rabbi Kiva say you have to notify the owner? That's according to whom? That's according to Rabbi Chizda. That says that when there's no knowledge, since you gave him a bad habit, you have to notify the owner. So, you know, so Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Chizda will go according to Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Echanan, meaning the other opinions, will hold that when the Shaloi Ladas, Minyan for sure is good. Says the Gemara, Omar Abzvid Mishmei Now here it's important, if you, it's Mamash to the line in the left. We're going to read this Gemara in the Girsa in Rashi. We'll read it straight out of Rashi. Rashi Divrei Hamaschal in the beginning of the line, look inside. It's the same line of the height of the Gemara, maybe one or two lines down. In the case of the lamb, it's a whole new case. Very nice. Look at this case. A guy is a shomer. Let's say I'm the guardian. And I have, I'm guarding your animals and I have my own animals. This shomer, sadly, was tempted to steal. So he took one animal out of the pack of the mafkid and he put it into his herd. Then he says, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to put it back. And he put it back. Interesting enough, he took it. He didn't take it away from the Rishus of the Ganef. He took it out of the area where 
the owner's animals were in my possession already. Am I called a Ganef or not? If I'm not even called a Ganef, then it's, it's a non-issue. I took it and I put it back. I never... Now let's read it inside. Again, that the Ganef is by the Kula Alma Loi Pligi Kedrab Chizda that what? Everyone is going to hold that when you steal Shaloi Ladas, you have to notify the owners. So if that's the case, why does Rabbi Shmuel say that it's good? In the case of Tleh, the question is the following. Rabbi Kiva holds that what's Pshat Ladas? Think about it. If I have to return a Ladas in this case, who's Das? No, because I'm a shoymer. I'm guarding your animals here, and I have my animals over here. If I, God forbid, if I take an animal, if it's considered that I stole it, what happens when I, which it is, what happens when I return it? What will be the das? Why do you have to notify the owner, even though the owner counts it? Because now that the animal got into a bad habit, it needs additional shmita. If I returned it, I know that this animal needs additional shmirah because I took it out, I put it back in. And I will, I'll, I'll give it additional shmirah. So there is das bailam. So what's the issue? The question is, am I still considered a shamer? When can you say that it was returned if I'm still in the place of the owner? Maybe the fact that I stole it, even if the owner doesn't know, had the owner known that I actually took an animal out, the kavana to steal it, for sure, he would have fired me for my job as being a shaymer. If I automatically lose the status of the shaymer, then there is no das. I know that I have to guard it, but I'm not the shaymer anymore. So that's the key question. Everyone holds like Rabchizda. That's the question. Is the shmira invalidated by the fact the owner doesn't know what I did? But had the owner known, it's like, for sure, he would have told me, hey, I don't want you to be my guardian anymore. That's inside. That uh, Rabbi Kiva holds, I am no longer the Shemer. So therefore, there is, everyone holds like Rabbi Chizda. It's not considered that I returned it. Ladas, Ladas Bailam. I'm not the Bailam. A Shemer is the Bailam. I'm not a Shemer. Rabbi Shemal holds, In other words, I am still considered the Bailam. Now, according to many, the Gemara just gave an option in the case of Tleh. But in the case of Selah, we're going to go with the approach, And furthermore, says the Gemara, Lema, Minyan, Paiter, from another Machlekes Tanoim. Let's go over here. Now one thing is clear, we don't, we don't even have to speak it out. If one is a Gazlon, see, a Ganef, the owner doesn't necessarily know that something was stolen by a thief, because that's the meaning of a Ganef, he hid. A gazlin always is lodas. Yeah, a robber did it in front of the victim. So he knows it was stolen. And now the gazlin is doing tshuva. And let's say he's ashamed to just give it back. So this gazlin later bought something from the victim. And let's say he stole a dollar. That victim sold him an article for $10. He gave him 11 Once He returned it to him in a way that he included it in another payment. So there we turn it one brace it says he's right. He returned it. It says in another brace loyats. And now the Gemara says Savru again the kula alma isul the Rabbi Yitzchak that Adam asuila mashmish bekisa bechol shavasha. And therefore, when he receives eleven instead of ten, 
He knows who the Goslin is. That's, and now he counts. I only charged him 10. Why do I have 11? Ah, he'll realize because the Goslin gave back that which he stole. So there's minion over here. So the question is, why loyatza? That will be the source of an avagan. When the owner knew it was stolen, and now he knows it was given back because he counted it, is good. However, which will be the sheet of Rav, says the Gemara, not necessarily. I'll tell you like this. No, let me argue that no one holds like Rav, because Rav is taken very machmer. No, Rav doesn't have a base here. If we consider this to be counted, then everyone will hold your yoytzah. Who says, and therefore, the Gazlan took it from the owner. The owner knows that he lost a dollar. The robber robbed it from him. The owner doesn't know that he got it back. What, he gave it back because he added another dollar in another payment? Who says the owner knows it's returned? There's no minion. Or, everyone holds of Rabbi Yitzchak, still there's no contradiction in the prices, because ha, the first price that says Yatsa, the money, that the Gazlan counted the money, and the, the owner, the victim, put it in his pocket. There is where we say, when I have money in my pocket, why do I count it every moment? Why do people today put their hands on the wallet? Because they are afraid maybe the wallet was lost. So therefore they constantly put their hands in their wallet and they count their coins. If I receive money in my hand, I never count it. Because it's in my hand. People count it not to make, not to, they count it because there's a possibility that it was lost. Oh, the second price was the money of You put it in the hand of the victim. Like Rashi says, and when you put something in the hand of the victim, the victim doesn't count it. Because he feels it the whole time. So he never knew that he got that money back. However, even if Adam Asi nevertheless, the Gemara is saying like this, if I'm the victim here, so first I know that Chaim stole from me a dollar. Now I sold an article to Chaim and I charged him 10. And let's say he gave me 11. If I already had a lot of money in my pocket, and I don't know exactly how much there was there before, so what does it help that Adam Asilamash Mishbachal? Shah? He doesn't know how much, he doesn't know there's 11. If I had nothing before and I get from the victim 11, and now I count, I'll notice, oops, I should have 10, I have 11, I'll hop that it was returned. But again, lo yatsa, because I don't know. It will be one thing, that it won't be like Rabchizda, because what is it? No, no, it, will, it won't be like whom? No, it's going to go according to everyone. Everyone holds that if the victim knew, you have to have minion. So the question is whether there is minion or not. Moving on to the next Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, we were learning a halacha that you're not allowed to buy stolen articles. That's a given. You can't be machazik day every aveira. Now there were certain articles that you have to assume that they are stolen. That's what the Mishnah is teaching you. You cannot buy from shepherds, not wool nor chalab, nor milk, nor gedeim, nor young goats. And likewise, you cannot buy from people who were paid to be shoymere peiras, to be orchard guardians. You cannot buy from them wood or peiras because we assume that if they're selling it, they don't own it. They're selling someone else's. Avol, loikchim in hanashim, one is allowed to buy from women, kleitzemer, woolen articles in Yehuda, 
In other words, the issue of buying from woman, meaning from married woman, that halachically, whatever they own belongs to the husband. They only can do commerce if they have rishus from their husbands. So in Yehuda, it was common that there was rishus bailim for women to deal with klei tzemer. Likewise, in the Galil area in Eretz Yisrael, it was common that married women used to deal with, do commerce with pishtan, klei pishtan, with linen garments, and agolim calves were something that was sold and bought by the Nashim in the area called Sharon or Sharon. However, Vikulan, even in those areas, Sha'amru Lahatman, if the woman who was selling these articles tells the buyer, hide hide it. I don't want anyone to see it. Or if they tell the buyer, you hide. Because if you see from the way they talk to you that they don't want other people to be aware of this deal, then also that what does that prove? That it's a Shulaibrashus Balayim and therefore it's Gneva. And however, says the Mishnah, "V'loikhim beitzim or beim." If you pronounce it that way, "V'tanagoylim b'cholmakim." That articles that have very little value. Look at the Mishnah. People will not steal to earn a babka, to earn a achres ha'pruta. So beitzim that are very inexpensive, even tanagoylim chickens that are very inexpensive. Whoever sells them, you can assume that it's theirs. People will not over the geneva, the gazela, unless at least. It's worth it, so to say, for them. I don't know what the line of worth it means, but not on Beitzim, not on Tanagel. Says the Gemara, You cannot buy mature goats, an ace, nor kids, nor young goats. Gizim and Telushim refer to the wool. Gizim means when they used to shear the wool off with a utensil, they would cut a whole big stick together. It's called the fleece of wool. Tolusha means sometimes they used to pick wool off. So it's little pieces. Not this nor that. You cannot buy this again from Raim, Shultzemer, because same thing of the Mishnah. Because Mestama, it's stolen. You are allowed to buy from them sewn garments. Why? Says the Shalohem. Even if they stole the material. What are we learning? That once you make a Shinui in it, they acquired it. So it's their, gaz, their gazlanim, their ganavim, but the article belongs to them. You can buy it from them. A wife who makes a shino in the, in, the, in the stolen wool, it would become, or we're talking about the, the shepherds. What are we huh. No, it was Danny's asking, very good, that, that if the women are selling cleat semer, then. Uh, then even if they would have done it why isn't it being transformed in itself? I don't know, good question. Let's go. No, 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 it's even if the husband did it the fact that now it's a cleat semer should make you allowed to buy from it. Now it belongs to the wife? Yeah. It's no longer the husband's possession. What? She still has... Uh-huh, that's probably the answer. No, it's since Yad Isha Ki Yad so Shitaka made a Shinoi. Very good, that's the answer. She made a Shinoi. Right. But so what? But she is the extension of her husband. So therefore, that's not, that's the whole shot. That there in Yehuda, they had Rishos. It was common. It was common that women did commerce. Words, if you know that, like, like today, today women do business in anything. You don't have to assume that it's a Shulei Rishos Balayim. Right. And you can buy from shepherds, milk, and Gevina. Bamidbar. Amazing. Rashi says in the wide lines, the third wide, wide line in the bottom, the owners don't go to the desert to check up on the shepherds. Milk and cheese, there's no refrigeration. They get rotten right, relatively quickly. So wherever the shepherds are in an area that the owners don't have easy access to, the owners are mafkirit. 
So it's taka hefker. So the shepherds own it. You can buy it in the desert. In the city, the owners are not mafkir because the owners have an easy time getting it. And if the shepherds sell it, that's where it is, Geneva. You can buy from shepherds four or five sheep. The question will be four, of course, five. The Gemara will ask. Because if they were to steal a large amount, the owners will find out, so they don't do it. So if they sell a large amount at once, you can buy it from them. But not two sheep or two fleeces. And I hear the obvious question again. If you can buy four or five, what does that imply? You cannot buy three. Here the Brasis says you, you cannot buy two, which implies that you could buy three. Mama Shastida will get there in a moment. Wait a second, Alts is here. Rabbi Yehuda says like this, Bayosa is domesticated sheep, like Chemehem, you can buy from them. Because since they live in the city, domesticated sheep are shepherded near the city. The owners see them a lot. If some will go missing, the owners will find out. So if he's selling you, but if they are selling sheep that hang out, out there in the desert, it's called range animals, then ain't like Chemehem. And what's, because the owners would never find out even if he stole a larger amount, like the Braiser concludes, if the shepherd will sell it without Rishos, and the owner will discover it, then you're allowed to buy it from them. They don't want to lose their jobs. So if you know that they are afraid to be caught, that alone is enough. But if they are selling something that in that circumstance, the owner would never find out, then the presumption, they didn't have a lot of credibility. There, the standard was that the Raya is a Ganev. Ain't like Chamehem. So now let's analyze this Brice. So Omar Mar, the master taught us, like Chamehem Dalad Vehit Sain, Dalad Vehizim asks the Brice, Hashta Yeshleiman Arba, Zavninon. Now that you told me I can buy four, Chamishim Ibayem. So Omar Abchiz, there are two answers. One approach will be that Arba Mitoy Chamisha. Wow. You know when you can buy things from them? If they're selling you, four-fifths of the whole herd. Only then can you buy it from them. You know, it's such a type of chutzpah they won't have. Can you imagine? But if they're selling you less, now that's just a question, how many was the original? Whatever the number was. If I had five and they're selling four, they would not do that without the shoes of the balabas. If it's less than that proportion, don't buy it from them. But that's a big guzma. That if, again, the, 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 he's not defining what's cotton and what's gadol. The point is, is that if you started out with a smaller amount, from which four missing will be noticed, you can buy four. If you had a larger flock, you have to be, you know, if every case is a case, which we assess that if five will be missing, only there, when five is missing, will he notice. Says the Gemara Vaiter, there's a mamasha contradiction. Omrat, Dalad Vehit, Soin Dalad Gizim, which implies that Dalad Vehit in, but three not, because three will not be noticed. And then it says right afterwards, don't buy two Soin, which implies, Sholesh Zabninon, you could buy three. Answers the Gemara Leikasha, if the animals are healthy, the owners pay more attention to their healthy animals. If three will go missing, if three will go missing, he'll notice you can buy three. You only cannot buy two from healthy ones. But if the animals were weak, which means the owners doesn't pay that much attention from it. So the shepherd knows he can get away with stealing even more without being discovered. That's 
Dalad vehe. Rabbi Yehuda concluded the Brisa by saying that by sauces like Chamehem, Midbari is where, they, where do the animals hang out? If the animals are in the city, they're more noticeable than you could buy from shepherds. If they hang out in the Midbar, ain't like Chamehem. Chulei asks the Gemara, a Bailahu, Rabbi Yehuda was referring to the Reisha, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda is saying a Chumra. Aydilma, Rabbi Yehuda was referring to the Seifa, Ulakula, and the Gemara speaks out. Meaning, it says in the Reisha that you can buy four or five. Like we mentioned, because if the Raya will steal these four or five, the owner will notice. And on that, says Rabbi Yehuda, even four and five can only be bought by Yosais, only if they are from the bias. He'll take a notice it. You can't buy from the shepherd. Or maybe he's referring to the Seifa and he's saying a leniency explains the Gemara that it says in the Seifa, you cannot buy two because two sign gone missing, the owner will never notice. And on this says Rabbi Huda, no, it's not true. You know when the owner will not notice if two is missing, only if these sheep are sheep that are called sheep midbariyos. They are range sheep. They pasture outside the city. He doesn't see them every day. But if they are from the home, then even two will be noticed and you can buy. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, clear. Tashma, we learned in another Braisa that quotes Rabbi Yehuda saying the following. You can buy sheep that are raised in the city, that are raised in the home. And the aim like Chemem and Barrios don't buy sheep that, that spend their time out in the fields, out in the deserts. And on that adds Rabbi Yehuda, even in the Midbariyos, you can't buy two or three, but you could buy four or five. So says Kufyutes, tomorrow to learn the last daf and to conclude. Mr. Sartos Babakama.